On his Matt Mosley and Matt Mosley show, and uh, joined now by Bill Jones, CBS 11 Sports, Dallas Fort Worth area. And uh, Bill, it is time. Uh, the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend continues, and it's been a little wild. Uh, this is uh, this is interesting that it spills into Monday. How has your uh, how has your Wild Card Weekend gone, Bill? Have you uh, observed all of this action? I've uh, I, thanks first off, Matt, for having me on. And, sure. Uh, I uh, have observed as much of it as I can, and it's been. Uh, Pretty scintillating action so far, and I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if uh, tonight might ha- we might have more of the same. In fact, when Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence came back from the 27 nothing deficit on Saturday night, I thought I wouldn't be surprised if one way or the other we had a duplicate of that game on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Like the Cowboys. <clears throat> yeah. Either yeah, way. To- Exactly. Although I think most Cowboys fans think, well, they'll they'll be on the falling behind side and then maybe coming back. <laughs> but they've surrendered some big leads this year. You know, they've obviously the the one at Green Bay. Uh, I I just don't. You know, I'm sure people constantly ask you, Bill, what do you think? What do you think, Bill? What are they? What are the Cowboys going to do to you? And, and to me, this one, this team seems to be as hard to predict as any. That we and, and I'm sure there have been other things, but it, it, with with Dak, what happened last week, and then also seeing some of the great games that he's had this season, I, I don't know how anybody can really <laughs> feel great about going out on a limb and saying, "Oh, here's what I think's going to happen in this game." Especially when you see who's quarterbacking the other team. <laughs> uh, you know, if it was a yeah. twelve and five Cowboys team playing an eight and nine. Uh, NFC South Division champion Carolina Panthers team. I feel pretty good about the Cowboys' chances tonight. But uh, uh, with Brady on the other side and then the way he played against those Carolina Panthers when he had Mike Evans playing, Evans didn't play last week, and you know Brady only played half the game. They look to be pretty pretty sharp there. It's, it's like Tampa Bay's been they've been pointing to this is the time to have all your veterans back, including Ryan Jensen starting at center tonight. Yeah, I saw Jensen, and he was tweeting about it. He's been elevated. Uh, it is. You're right. This is not your your typical eight and nine team when you have, and you never know if this is Tom Brady's last moment. I mean, generally seven and zero against one team, you go. Well, that's interesting, but that's not. That doesn't tell the whole story. That shouldn't impact tonight's game. But with Brady, you never know. I mean, it just he he. There's just an aura that he brings to every proceeding, and once he's in the playoffs. It feels like all bets are off. But if the Cowboys are to have success against him, is this one of those things where they have to, you know, end up with four or five sacks? I I guess the scary thing is he gets the ball out probably as quick as any quarterback in the NFL. I think even the stats bear that out. Um, The ball comes out so quickly. What What do you think will have happened if the Cowboys win this game tonight? Well, if, uh, as you mentioned, it's going to be very difficult to get four or five sacks. Uh, Brady sacked 22 times this year, 22 times last year. And I think that's, if you probably look back at his New England days, that's probably a big reason he's still playing at age 45 is how quickly he gets the ball out. Uh, and now Parsons did get to him in the, in the season opener. But, yeah, if the Cowboys, 
I think one of the biggest keys in this game is you got to be ahead by more than a touchdown in the last minute of the game when Brady's got the ball. I mean, that we've seen it a couple of times, uh, even with uh, really poor performances by Tampa Bay this season. But you give him an, you give him the ball with less than a touchdown lead in the last minute of the game, and he was able to pull those games out. And I think that's the the Brady factor, the X factor in this game is you not only have to be uh, ahead at the end, you got to be ahead by more than a touchdown. I think at the end. Bill Jones joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Now Dak uh, Prescott, so much uh, pressure on him. Coming into this one, he had a poor performance against the Commanders. It doesn't seem like this is who he is with all these interceptions, but it it, it it is who he is right now, you know, in the past few weeks. Now, maybe he snaps back into old Dak, but it's, uh, it is kind of rather fascinating, Bill, that a guy that is, is really known for protecting the ball in his career uh, goes through this phase that he seems to be in right now. And it goes back, by the way, all the way to Testaverde, the last quarterback to go seven straight games with at least one interception. Dak has had eight and seven games, and these pick sixes have cropped up. Um, do you, I mean, is there anything you can sort of point to to think, okay, maybe, maybe he's going to turn a corner and get this out of his system? I don't <laughs> <laughs> you asked me if I watched these games this weekend, and after watching these games this weekend, I'm thinking Dak's going to be the same Dak he's been the last nine, ten weeks of this season, which was mm. over a nine-game stretch coming back from injury. The Cowboys were averaging 36 points a game, but as you've well chronicled, there's also the interceptions that go with that. You look at every single one of these uh, super wild-card matchups, and uh, if you took the over – you, you're a rich man right now uh, because uh, the, the winning team is getting 30 or more points. And I think Dak sees that, and he knows, uh, especially against Brady, that in Brady's last game, full game he played, he threw for 430 yards, and Mike Evans had over 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. The Cowboys are going to have to score points tonight. And what happens when you uh, are pressing the issue and trying to get the ball upfield, then you – start throwing picks, which is what Dak has done here in the last half of the season. And and he doesn't have the luxury, at least lately, of the running game, which has always been a recipe for success for Dak, is to lean on the defense, lean on the running game, have everything complement each other. And what do you think has become of the Cowboys' uh, run game? Bill, is this, is this the O-line kind of being up and down with some injuries, or, or is this – a lack of commitment to it? What do you, uh, or maybe just r- run into some teams that sold out to stop the run? I, I think I think you can point to the Terrence Steele injury um, mm. as a big reason why. I mean, if, remember Zach Martin in training camp. Uh, one of the more memorable quotes from Oxnard was Zach Martin uh, just on his own saying, the reason that we had success in the run game last year 2021 was because of Terrence Steele at right tackle. And then you look at the way the Cowboys were running the ball up until Steele's injury a month ago and, and the commitment to running the ball. I mean, Kellen Moore was actually, there, there was a lot of drives that ended maybe in a touchdown pass where the Cowboys were moving the ball downfield by giving the ball to Pollard and Zeke a number of times on those drives. Well, uh, that's gone away because they haven't been able to run the ball. And there's been, Obviously, the last game with Biotis out, there was a 
wholesale shuffling on the offensive line. But I think uh, the loss of Terrence Steele has been big uh, as far as this run game goes. And then Pollard probably hadn't been right either uh, because he had the thigh bruise. And I don't, I, I'm thinking they probably limited his touches last week against Washington because they wanted to make sure he was ready uh, this week. But that, it was a good sign that he actually played in the game last week, I think. All right, and I'm curious what you think of McCarthy going into this game. Uh, Jerry has given assurances, hey, I don't even want to bring that up, but you just to- you never totally know about Jerry. Do you? Is there any scenario where it goes the wrong way this evening and you think there's a shuffling of the coaching staff, or do you, do you feel pretty confident that after two straight 12-win seasons, Mike McCarthy's back? <laughs> Uh, we both covered Jerry Jones a long time, Matt, right? And uh-huh. uh, are, how confident are you uh, ahead of time <laughs> predicting what Jerry's going to do? Uh, <laughs> I think I think Jerry is telling the truth when he says before the game <laughs> that he is not thinking about uh, changing out head coaches. The key on that is it's before the game. Uh, but he does have a track record of sticking by his head coach over the years in contrast to the popular opinion around the nation, I think. But, uh, you know, he is, he's been slow to change in that regard. But he's also, um, whether it's the head coach or something else, if the Cowboys get blown away in this game, uh, there will be changes happening uh, somewhere. And um, it's going to make for some interesting conversation on the Matt Mosley show tomorrow if the Cowboys <laughs> lose by a lot tomorrow. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not rooting for that, by the way. All my podcast, radio shows, all of that does better if the Cowboys win. <laughs> your, your your podcast with Ed Werder will be aptly named Doomsday. <laughs> We're going to be up late tonight, by the way. Ed has already informed me that he has to write uh, some kind of piece afterward. It's already been assigned. He has to write a piece for the morning, which I offered to help him with. To you know, being a longtime writer that I am, and Ed is not taking me up on that. Uh, so yeah, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed could be at the stadium. You're no stranger to being you know late at a stadium, but uh, I think Ed could be there late into the uh, night. Now, what about this uh, this Sean Payton thing? You've uh, at, at some point you've lived. Oh, I don't know if you and Sean were in the same neighborhood, but you weren't far away from each other. You've known you've known Sean over the years. Um, the, he's got the ultimate leverage now, and, it, and it's always smart these coaches that sit out a year, let everybody let let there be a full cycle, and then the desire for him has even grown as you could have predicted. And now you've got five different organizations. Uh, requesting to talk to him, including the Texans, including the Panthers. I think the Broncos may be the first to actually sit down with him in person. You having spent time around Sean and kind of getting to know him a little bit, any any prediction on, on where when all the dust settles where Sean ends up? First, let's get this clear. If uh, I live in South Lake. And I'm not sure if Sean was in Westlake, but there is no different. Uh, there is a great difference between <laughs> Westlake and where I live in Southlake. <laughs> First, get that clear. Hey, I don't. I you've you've been invited to the Vaquero Club plenty of times. Let's not pretend that you <laughs> haven't been out there. I, I wouldn't know how in the world to get there. Uh, I've never been invited there. Uh, okay. Okay. And uh, but. 
they, I think that on this super wild card weekend, the most significant thing that happened was what happened to the Los Angeles Chargers in regard to Sean Payton. And I was surprised when I woke up Sunday morning that Sean Payton wasn't already announced as the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. But uh, I think the Chargers may be just waiting on getting through Super Wild Card Weekend before making their decision on Brandon Staley official. And um, and I can see Sean Payton with the Chargers. He's already got his offense there. Joe Lombardi is the offensive coordinator. He's already got his, speaking of Southlake, he's already got his backup quarterback in place, Chase Daniel. So what more could you want? I feel like you have helped keep Chase Daniel in, in the NFL all these years. It is pretty remarkable. It, 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 he, it is salary. He's in Westlake, too, not in Southlake anymore. By the way, Southlake Carroll, it, it's not, uh, let's not act like uh, it, it's a very, all those are beautiful neighborhoods over there. So, so um, yeah, let's not go too far we, here. We do have, See, no, we, no, we do have one neighborhood in Southlake that has some rental property that is uh, affordable, and that would be my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to Bill Jones, CBS 11. Where do you think our players are housed? Our transfers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. No, they would never, not that South Lake Carroll would ever recruit or anything like that. I like that. Transfers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, although seemingly. But alive and well here. It, it always seems like Duncanville and DeSoto and some of these other schools get a little more attention when it comes to having championships taken away than South Lake Carroll and others. I won't go too far down that road. But, no, um, we just yeah. get Brett Ship coming out and doing stories. Yeah, Brett Ship. But boy, Brett Ship knows his way around Lincoln and Duncanville. I, I assure you of that. Um, now, whatever happened, by the way, to the South Lake Carroll running back, you really – you were uh, lobbying for the young man who had run for like over five or 6,000 yards or some unbelievable amount. Did he ever uh, sign with anybody? Yards. Okay. More like 7,500 yards. And he has not <laughs> signed, but he is now committed to the Air Force Academy. Oh, wow. So okay. he's committed to Air Force. And uh, yeah. Air Force, by the way, back-to-back 10-win seasons, I believe. And in fact, yeah. did they not play a bowl game this year? Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, you're on, you're on ESPN Central Texas. This is not a time to rub in the Air Force situation. <laughs> oh, that's oh. Right. sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, the young man. By the way, did you go support Lincoln uh, as a uh, the OU alum that you are and the lover of all OU sports? Did you did, did you show up to cover Lincoln Riley in person at the Cotton Bowl? No. No, but I had some timely tweets about that play call in the end zone that resulted in safety. <laughs> I think I said something about it's the worst play call I've heard, I've seen in the history of football. <laughs> oh, man. Bill Jones, well, not like a man. A I know, not a man known for hyperbole, but when it comes to Sooners, every once in a while, Bill will mix it up a little bit. And uh, I did like your breakdown. <laughs> of the NFL playoff starting quarterbacks. I was looking at that earlier today. Big 12 with great representation. How about that? Yeah, five, did, did you get, five, yeah. Were, were you able to come up with all five? Ooh, see, I didn't really, I hadn't really tried, but I, I do. Okay, so you got, okay, you had Geno Smith. His last year at West Virginia was in the Big 12. 
versus yeah. Brock Purdy, and then you had Skylar Thompson, K-State, starting for the Dolphins, and then you got Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, and then Jalen Hurts. So there's five. The most uh, the it's, most starting yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs this year from the Big 12. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I'm just sitting here looking at, at Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and Geno played in two conferences, so you covered that. Uh, very interesting. Let's see. This this is why Bill Jones. Let me give everybody your handle. All right. We'll we're gonna get you even more followers, even though you have thirty five thousand followers already. Um, at CBS eleven, Bill Jones. At CBS right. eleven, Bill Jones is uh, Bill's Twitter handle. Bill, we'll be watching uh, on uh, CBS eleven this evening. Always enjoy your coverage of Cal- of the Cowboys and. Uh, Great to catch up with you today. All right. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks so much. You bet. There he goes. Bill Jones, longtime uh, television anchor in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, and uh, CBS 11, which is the Cowboys channel. So he's Bill's always doing the Cowboys uh, preseason games and all that kind of good stuff. So good to visit with Bill, kind of get his take on things. Even though Bill has been kind of affiliated with the Cowboys over the years, I didn't sense – that he has just a great uh, – I, I, I just don't think he has the Cowboys winning this game tonight. Uh, anxious to see what our people think out there, our listeners, 254-662-1660. Throughout the show today, give us your score, and I'll give a few of these on the air. Uh, Aaron and I will be checking this out. Give us your score and why you think it will be that way. I just want about one sentence, okay? You don't have to write a story. This is not the Waco Trib, all right? It's not the Dallas Morning News. This is not your chance to write a, a you know, 12-inch story. Just give me a sentence, 254-662-1660. Give us the score and a sentence on the game, and uh, that's our CNC Collision Center text line. It is the Matt Mosley Show presented by CNB Central National Bank. And uh, appreciate everybody next We do some Campus Confidential. A lot of stuff going on across college football. Some good news for Baylor football fans. All of it's next.